Trends and Tensions, presented by VHDP, where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arise from integrating new ideas into existing organizations, enterprises, and institutions. On today's episode, we offer part two of our continued discussion with the president of Messer Construction, Tim Stegerwald. He's joined by BHDP's workplace design leader, Tom Ahrens, and client leader, Barry Baer, to talk about the design and construction of the Messer Corporate Headquarters in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you enjoy what you hear, we encourage you to rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We also invite your suggestions of other architectural and interior design-related topics. I'm your host, Brian Trainer, a workplace strategist for BHDP. Let's get started. How many floors do you guys have? Is it a single plate or two floors? Two floors, mm-hmm. and so how do you transition between the floors? Is it just standard elevators, or what? What's that element like? Uh, there is an open staircase in the center of the building. It's an L-shaped footprint, and the staircase is essentially centrally located in a long leg of the L. And then there are two other staircases on either end of the building. There is an elevator. It is rarely used. It is pretty much used by the the folks who need it for handicap accessibility and that's it and so I think the design really did a great job of getting people to use that communicating staircase to get up and down through the building and then when you're on either of the floors it's a wide open footprint you can see glass outside in at least two directions from anywhere you stand in the building and so it's very open, and um, I think people love the fact that you can move through the building, know where departments are, and maneuver easily. Yeah, because when you start to get into multiple floor plates, then you start to create some division, and it sounds like you guys did a really good job balancing that connection. Yeah, I'd like to add that the, the placement of that stair was very purposeful. Um, yeah. it is, it's kind of located at an intersection point, so really if you're anywhere in the building today, you almost have a view of that space. So it's not literally in the center of the building, but it's really at a point of intersection um, that as people come and go and move up and down or, or horizontally, they can see the stair. And I think that uh. that visibility makes it very inviting for people to use it and kind of provides that um, intersection point where you kind of run into somebody on the stairs, could have a short conversation, that sort of thing. I agree. I think another thing that we should talk about a little bit is the fact that Messer does have craft workers, okay? So when we went over there during the construction and had our meetings there on site, you know, working through items on, on, on particular design aspects or construction constructability aspects, you know, the craft force was always there. So, Tim, I don't remember exactly the percentage of work that was executed by them, but I think you might have on the top of your head. Just over 30% of the effort hours that went into building the building were put in place by Messer Craft Force. What is specifically the Craft Force? So uh, corporately, we have 550 tradespeople. Our tradespeople include carpenters, cement finishers, laborers, and operating engineers. And so on our particular building, the vast majority of the work was done by the carpenters and laborers. Uh, We formed and poured the concrete frame for the building. Uh, We did a lot of the uh, exterior elements, like the Oka skin. It's a rain screen element on the outside of the building. We did all of the light-gauge metal framing, drywall framing, and the drywall on the building. So all of that was completed by our own tradespeople. Very. That is a good story. It sounds yeah. like everything about this building tells a bit of 
the messer story, yeah. And you know, like the Oco skin, I've seen that installed and installed kind of haphazardly in a way. Yeah. But they took real pride in putting that in. So it's, I mean, it is by far the best Oco skin installation I've ever seen. Really? It is really, really well done. And it was because of that craft workers that made that happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's in the project vision, right? That an environment that instills pride. I mean, literally to put your hands on it, craft it, build it. Um, that's yeah. a pretty strong statement in terms of how people feel about the building, right? That they sure. can see their own efforts uh, realized. And I think one of the most inspirational pieces that we worked on, just as a small example, would be the, the desk, the reception desk in the front lobby. Um, the idea there was to, to pour a curving, um, in, in several directions, uh, <laughs> desk. And we only had one chance to do it. And just to see the level of, um, of craft, the level of pride, the level of um, interest, and just really taking their time and making sure it was done right. Because um, they knew it was going to be the first thing that people would see when they walked in the space. And yeah. I think the results really speak for themselves. It's just something you walk in, you see immediately, and you know what Messer does, and you can see how they do it right there in their own space. That first impression piece. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of had to sell that a little bit to Tim, I, I must admit. <laughs> um, and the way we did that was we created a 3D model of it, took it into Rhino, ended up doing a 3D print of that desk. And I remember showing Tim that, you know, and he's like, out of concrete? And I'm like, yeah, out of concrete. So he, he, he was in with us, with Tom and I, and said, yeah, that, that's good. Let's go. So then we took it from that, we took that same program, we took it to another person that, that cut out all the styrofoam to oh, make wow. the model, and then we formed around that and, and poured the con made the negative to pour the concrete into it. Yeah, we have a, that's interesting you bring that up, we have that 3D printer in the office now. Um, Tim, to you, how, how important was being able to see that physical manifestation of what it could be? I think it helped us wrap our head around what Barry and Tom were thinking with the design. I will say that they had this concrete coming to a very sharp point, <laughs> and we told them that, A, concrete cracks, uh, and someday this is going to crack off, and, B, it was probably dangerous. Well, Tim, so they the did modify the design to truncate the pointy end of the desk. Tim, so that was I feel somewhat vindicated, Barry. Constructability part that you participated in. It was worked out really well. Designers tend to be a bit aspirational sometimes, but we just wanted to see if you were up to the challenge, probably. Yeah, right? we were paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in addition to that concrete reception desk, we poured a couple of other concrete elements in, in the space. And one of the, I find the, one of the interesting stories was the day Tim told me what Messer means. Oh. So in German, Messer means knife. Interesting. And that kind of brought everything around in full circle for me because every year, Tim, for the last 25, 27 years, somewhere in that range... Messer's been giving out, gives out a knife to those 500 craft workers. Wow. And it's a different knife every year with Messer's name in it, but it's a really nice knife, you know, a pocket knife. Yeah. Um, so when he said that, because I knew about the knives, and I was like, oh, that makes total sense. So we made it one element in the space that displayed all those knives. Tim had to take some out of his own private collection because people didn't want to give up some of the knives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we put them into that table, and basically that table's there and talks about the craft workers at Messer and the importance that they bring to a project. How are they put into the table? 
Uh, there, there's a glass cover over the top of this concrete element, and they sit down on inside. Like that. a display case? Like a display case. I think there's some pictures <laughs> of that on the website. So, But, you know, that's another element in the lobby space. So when visitors come and check in, if they're waiting for someone to meet with, they'll sit, you know, in a chair next to that table. They'll look at it. They'll kind of start understanding what Messer's about, kind of allows them to ask some questions. Yeah. What are these it's knives an about? It's an opportunity to tell a story. Sure. For Tim to tell a story about his organization. So do you have a lot of visitors to your office, Tim? We do, a fair number. Um, obviously, being the largest contractor here in Cincinnati, we have lots and lots of folks who come to our office uh, for that reason. Uh, we're very engaged in the community, so we actually designed the first floor of the building that could be locked off so that the north wing of the building could be used for community events after hours oh, wow. in our large training room spaces. And um, so people come for that reason. And then oftentimes we'll have new customers from our other nine cities come to Cincinnati to visit us at our corporate office and, and get to know us. So it's fun to show off the building. So this is the corporate office for all of Messer right here in Cincinnati? Correct. This is the, the epicenter. Um, why Cincinnati? That's a weird well, question. Well, we, we were <laughs> founded here in 1932 by Frank Messer. Um, it's been a family-owned business for the lion's share of its history, but in 1990, we bought the company from the Messer family. Um, shortly after we bought the company, we uh, really were dedicated to employing, directly employing our own craft force. And at the time, we probably had 80 or 90 tradespeople so in 1993, the tradition began where we started giving the pocket knives at the end of each year to our tradespeople. And as Barry noted, today that group is up to 550 people across 10 cities. <laughs> and every one of them get their Messer engraved pocket knife with the year also engraved on the blade. And um, it, it's a part of our culture that these people are who we are. We're a self-performing general contractor. We want to be builders, not just brokers of construction services. And so giving them that knife each year just is another tie to, you know, why do they want to be a part of Messer? I think the other thing, uh, Tim, you ought to just comment on is the, is the nine, the, the offices that you have and how we incorporated that into the building. So when those people come there, there's kind of something that says, oh, that's the, the Nashville office. And so comment about the branding in those. So we did that in two ways. Um, we have a history wall in our lobby, and the history wall is nicely broken by one of the structural elements in the building. But the first side of the history wall focuses on the time that we were a family-owned business up till 1990. And then the second half of the history wall shows our growth since 1990. Wow. Every one of our regional offices opened after 1990. And the dates when they opened are actually shown on the timeline. Uh, the other thing we did is we have a conference room named for each one of our nine regional offices, oh. uh, including this, actually ten regional offices if you count <laughs> Cincinnati. So um, we have a time or a conference room so that when people come to town, you'll often see the you know the Nashville crew when they happen to be in Cincinnati for a day reserving the Nashville conference room and having their meetings in that room. So they have a sense of ownership even when they're away from home, right? That, yeah. That's and our space. each one of those rooms, there's three photographs. There's a project that Messer executed in that location in Nashville. 
then there's a kind of an iconic scene of Nashville that anybody walk up and go, oh, that's definitely Nashville. And then there was the city skyline shot of Nashville. So when you have visitors come in, if they're there for the first time, uh, what are you most excited to show them? Well, one of the simple things we did is we actually created a little visitor cue card. Oh, that highlights all the elements in the building that speak to Messer brand. So that's the first exciting thing you can actually say, <laughs> hey, as you're walking around today, check out these elements of the building. Uh, the pocket knife table that Barry talked about is always a highlight. Uh, we have a, an old piece of equipment, which is really hard to describe, but I'll, I'll say that it's the, the precursor to the bobcat or the skid steer, and everybody knows what those are oh, now. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, this was the old way of moving materials around the job site. And we have that uh, refurbished and sitting outside the lobby window. So oh, it's wow. always fun to talk about that a little bit. And it has our old moniker, Frank Messer and Sons Construction Company, <laughs> on it because it dates back to the 1960s when the family still owned the business. Wow. It, was it a, their piece of equipment, too? or is this? You it was. It, yeah, Absolutely, it was their piece of equipment. So for you in the design process, Tom, um, what what were you most proud of or what did you get most excited about in this design for Messer? Just generally, I think for a project like this, anytime you have a, a, a client that's, um, you know, has a lot of good ideas, they'll push you. Um, they're not just saying yes, yes, yes. They're going to push back and challenge. I, I think it That becomes, desk is too pointy. <laughs> <laughs> the desk is too pointy and, you know, there might have been a few other things, but... Um, I think it becomes a more rewarding process when everybody's kind of rolling up their sleeves together, kind of sitting around the table, working um, together to come up with the best solution. Um, I always find that very gratifying and and not forgetting the, the the people side and the employees and who are kind of doing, you know, who's going to be living in this building, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I, I think kind of putting ourselves in their shoes and thinking about things that, you know, that they might respond well to were things that we were just always had conversations around and we had a great team that you know all the ideas were on the table we kicked them around and you know as I said before we just the, you know the good things got pushed forward sure what was the timeline for all of this like uh, from the first visioning session when this was set until um, you moved in like how long was construction and once we selected the site, we, we basically had a handshake deal on acquiring the property in January of 2016. We started design in earnest in March of 2016, and we moved in in September of 2017. From the time we closed on property and actually broke ground to the day we moved in was 10 months. Wow which is a very aggressive schedule for a concrete frame building in particular, but I think a testament to the team we put together. And maybe building on what Tom said, I would just say that, you know, the best projects that I've worked on and probably the same for all of us are when you have a good collaborative team and uh, team chemistry of working together. And there were certainly days when I'm sure I pressed Tom <laughs> the wrong way about, hey, why are we doing this design this way? And conversely, he would push back on me or Barry would push back on a means and methods issue out in the field. But ultimately, we delivered an outstanding building. And it was the fact that we respected BHDP as a designer and what they bring to the game, and they respected us as a contractor and what we brought to the game. Very good. And I, I just feel like there's a high level of trust between everybody involved. And 
there was those times where Tim would, you know, look at Barry and I say, would look at Barry and I, and he would say, "What do you want to do, and why do you want to do it? You know, you guys are the experts. You know, you need to make a decision here." Sure. And we appreciate that because um, um, we don't always want to be just told what to do because that might not always be in the best interest of of the project. And I, there was just a, you know, there's some moments like that throughout the course of this one that I think were ended up being good decisions that benefited Messer and Messer's employees at the end of the day. Sure. Was it challenging to design for yourself? Like, is, was it more challenging to do your own space than it would have been for a client? You probably pay more attention to some of the design elements of the building because you're going to live with them as a contractor than maybe we do sometimes. We count on the designers to do their job right. when they're working for the customer. Um, but now we've done a lot of design build delivery with BHDP. And one of the reasons we chose them is because we know we always have a good team and a good process. I think what Messer allowed to um, happen through the course of this is they allowed us to engage their employees. So it wasn't just an executive leadership team decision. Sure. Um, although they, they you know, had to make final decisions on multiple things. But we had um, several conversations with a cross-section of people from the organization and, and ask their opinions. And what, you know, what are you hoping for? What do you see could be of value in this project? And then we were able to take the results of that and share them back with Tim and his team. And, and they were, they listened. And, you know, I, I think that was really an, a very um, valuable aspect of this project is that they were truly, truly wanted to be the employer of choice and knew that they needed to listen. Um, to the multi-generational, you know, cross-section of people that work in their office. And I think that helped um, get a lot of people within the organization on board and kind of all moving in the same direction. Sure. B building on that, I would say it also helps us manage employee expectations. We have the same challenge as a building owner as all other building owners, which is there's the owner and their interests, and then there are the users who are going to occupy that building every day. And BHDP did a great job of going through the programming of each of the departments, how they interrelate to one another, what their space needs were, and then designing a space that answered to that. And even late in the game, you know, you always had somebody come back and say, well, you know what, I think I want to rethink this. No, we had some consistent principles that we laid out at the beginning. Uh, we had a great space program, and because BHDP had managed that process, we got to the end of the project, and our departments were happy. Gotcha. And I don't know if it's overly unique, but we also brought groups through the building during construction. I, I, the, one of the nice benefits for both Messer and BHCP is we're close to the site. Yeah. So we both organizations were able to get people there. Um, for BHDP, it was to get you know some of our people out to see construction methods and how how those things happen in the field. But you know Messer was able to bring their different uh, business units, different work groups into the space so they could see it before they moved in, and I think that helped them get more comfortable and um, ready for that change. Sure, and that understanding of what they do and, and people being engaged and seeing it. Were there any big parts of the project that were um, like aha moments or learning opportunities? Was, was there anything that caught you by surprise or was it a well-oiled machine all the way through? I think there's always aha moments in every project. Um, I think coming out of the gate when we put together our first budget, 
you know, getting our arms around was the investment in brand worth the extra dollars that we were going to spend was an aha moment. Um, and then going to the end and probably the best aha moment, I think when the branding elements started going in that building, you know, it's all kind of theoretical, right? concrete and drywall and the floor finishes people generally get, but the brand elements that BHTP designed and when you actually saw those going into place in their finished form really set the building apart. So it was a, an awesome aha moment to look at the finished building and the brand elements. Yeah, I, I think to Tim's point on any project, there's a whole series of those moments. Um, you know, just a small example of that it was the idea of being very visible um, on sitting on the site where the building's located and having that high visibility from from the interstate. There was a lot of questions to height of the building. Will it really be seen? Will it not be seen? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, there was an existing tree line um, that people were questioning. Is that going to block, you know, how people see our building? And originally the building was designed with multiple Messer signs on it, um, which, um, you know, Barry and I wanted to challenge uh, along the way because uh, a lot of times we feel like the building is the brand. Sure. But we recognize that not everybody driving by is going to know that. So the, the need for a sign is, you know, something that we need to consider. But it was, we had a moment out on site when the building was pretty much framed up and the height was kind of understood. And you could really get a good sense of how the building would be visible. And, um, and Tim and Tom Kekis were out on site with us one day and they said, you know what? We only need one sign. We don't need both of those signs. We have plenty of visibility. No one's going to miss who we are. And um, <laughs> that became a good uh, moment for me, right, that, um, that we could kind of accomplish something without having to invest those additional funds or um, over-sign the building. Sure. Yeah, it allowed us to take the one sign that we put there and really make it nice. Yeah. And, and, and that's the sign that people see. The sign you mentioned when you were down 75 – you see that sign. Yeah. So that's, you know, it really pops out in the evening. It's one of the most visible signs all along that 75 corridor till you get, you know, down to the bridge. So. Yeah. Um, what else do you think, Tim, what do we need to know? What else would you like to say about your new corporate headquarters? Barry mentioned it, but I think the other element is that this space is designed for future expansion. Uh, both inside the uh, the initial 50,000-square-foot footprint, we have room for growth of about 30 people, which is good because our business is constantly growing and evolving. And how many do you have now? So what's the... Uh, we have about 140 in the building today, and we can fit up just over 170 in the building okay. in the current footprint. And then we have designed it for this future expansion. So... The five-acre site will accommodate additional parking lot space plus the building expansion itself. How long into the future did you look for that plan? Uh, it's You know, it's so hard to predict. Sure. I think the plans beyond five years, I'm not sure whether they're worth the paper they're written on. But uh, <laughs> no. But certainly we think the, the existing building will get us another four years. We've already been in over a year. And then that long-term expansion, probably another 10 years beyond that. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, Barry, Tom, anything else you guys would like to share? What did, what did I miss? I feel like this is a pretty di – I, I know I want to go over there now and see it for myself. Uh, when can I go for a tour? Anytime you like. Fantastic. Tom, anything else you'd like to share about the process? No, I just want to kind of reinforce the fact that, it, you know, I think the project's a very employee-centric 
designed project. Sure. Um, you know, we didn't really touch on it, but the opportunity for break areas and outdoor dining space that's kind of in the setting of a of a park green space, even though it's next to an interstate, it sounds <laughs> a little contradictory, but um, because all I really think are idiots. Um, you know, if you compare to where Messer was previously and the amenities that are available to their employees now, uh, they can walk downtown, they can get access to all the amenities that are downtown that they didn't really have before. Um, I, I think that's a big difference maker for them, um, especially with, you know, some of the other generations that are uh, that are working there. So I think that employee-centric, people-centric approach was is very evident in, in the building and, and with their employees. Thanks for that, Tom. Barry? I guess um, I was sitting here thinking, you know, it was really a pleasure to work on the project. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. It, was, it was a great team. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Trends and Tensions presented by BHDP. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We hope you will join us again as we continue to have constructive conversations on another episode of Trends and Tensions.